0: Podcast starts. Hello everyone. One week into 2021 and it's no better than 2020 so far, with horrible events around the world. Wherever you are, I hope you're safe and well and if you're on the front line fighting the virus, thank you. To slightly misquote a meme which our friend Stella posted on Facebook the other day, what a year this week has been. I'm T.D. Velasquez in Manchester, UK, but you can call me Dan. We have a number of other rotating hosts right now on this show, but you will soon be hearing from my returning co-host Howard and returning special guest Spider Dan from the Spider Dan and the Secret Wars podcast, referred to in this discussion recorded in twenty eighteen as different Dan because he hadn't yet settled on his crime fighting persona. And actor Luke Richards. On this podcast, we love to talk about horror, and this episode is going to be the latest in our Halloween franchise retrospective series. Our discussions aim to be fun, intelligent, and hopefully useful if your interest in horror texts comes from a creative or academic perspective, but be warned, we do tend to swear occasionally, and if it's anything less offensive than the C word, it won't get bleeped. So we are probably not safe for your work. It's appropriate that Luke's here, because he'll soon be starring as Michael Myers himself in an unofficial Halloween fan film he has also co-written, One Night in Haddonfield. For more details, go to Luke's Twitter. There'll be a link in the show notes. You can find reviews of all the earlier films in the franchise, from 1978 Halloween through to 1998 Halloween H20, earlier on this podcast feed, and in this episode we'll be discussing Halloween Resurrection from 2002. Please note, this discussion was recorded before any of us had seen the then-upcoming 2018 Halloween film. If you haven't seen the film before, please note there will be spoilers, and if you have but have little memory of it, A Fun Memory Jogger is the YouTube video made by the actress Katie Sackhoff, who plays Jen in the film, in which she reacts to watching the film for the first time 18 years after shooting it. Again, the link will be in the show notes. Before we cut to the discussion... I have to admit that with the events of this week, I didn't really feel like putting much effort into the podcast edit, especially in comparison to the hopefully boutique job I did on last week's episode about Bram Stoker's Dracula. However, I think that that was probably appropriate, as I don't think anyone put much effort into Halloween Resurrection itself either. Spoilers for my review. On the same note, there's no horror recommendations this week, except maybe the news... That's probably enough horror for everyone right now. But we'll be back with another episode next week, and its contents will be almost as much of a surprise to me as it hopefully will be to you. Cut to the main event. I am your co-host Dan, and I am joined by my lovely co-host Howard. Hello. And we have two marvelous guests here, Dan. Hello. Different Dan. And Luke. Hello. And today we are talking about 2002's Halloween Resurrection, a film by Rick Rosenthal. So this is where we are. is that for me? Well, uh,
1: just a look at everybody's face when you just sorry. mentioned it. <coughs> that film oh yes
0: this particular episode of the podcast we're in a new venue we're in the wonderful unicorn pub in um in manchester city center welcome to the unicorn guys thank you thank you very nice well it it is um very joyously decked out for halloween at the moment so i feel that it's very skeletons trick or treat (laughs) (laughs) motherfucker That's a green line.
1: (laughs) It's carn evil.
0: It's so great that um, Rob Zombie decides to put it on the screen almost. Oh, never mind. We'll come to that. Um, So we are in a functioning public house on a Saturday, so it's going to be a little bit noisy and a little bit musical, so you're going to hear strange, interrupting noises occasionally. It's all part of the atmosphere, folks, but apologies if this occasionally dampens your enjoyment. And it bears the sound quality. Just before we kind of get into the, the movie for this week, I'd just like to mention that a few days ago um, was Grimfest in Manchester, the, the horror film festival, which I went along to to for one day. Um, and I saw a few interesting movies there, one of which was a new um, horror anthology movie from producer-director Mick Garris uh, called Nightmare Cinema. I don't know if you guys know who Mick Garris is? Uh, no. No. You, you know his work right, I'm <laughs> he, he, um, he was the in the early 80s he was the publicist of a lot of horror movies such as The Fog um, awesome. and um, you know lots of great horror movies yeah. and, and from that he became um, kind of well connected to loads of directors and producers and he later got a great relationship going with Stephen King so he produced and directed lots of the Stephen King miniseries on TV like the, the remake of The Shining and yeah and things like that. Now, none of these are very good.
2: No. And, um, I haven't seen them so I he, he
0: also co-wrote like The Fly 2, which is one of my least enjoyed films <laughs> of all time. Um, I'm getting better. I <laughs> yes! That's the quality of dialogue that he brought to it. Yes. I think there's something wrong with you. No, there isn't. I'm getting better, even though my skin's falling off my face. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then he directed and I think co-wrote the Psycho 4 movie yeah but anyway I mean I won't hold the quality of his filmmaking against him because what he does have is he loves horror movies and he loves horror filmmakers and a lot of what he does even though he might not be the greatest director ever as he produces things which brings other directors together and lets them to do their stuff so he produced the Masters of Horror TV series back 10 years ago oh, cool. oh, wow. which like John Carpenter and John Landis and Joe Dante and people like that all think, I've been meaning so, to watch that actually yeah I've never seen it but I hear that some, some of those individual installments are great and Nightmare Cinema is basically the movie of that show it's four or five stories each by a different director um, Joe Dante does one um uh David Slade, who was the main director of the Hannibal TV series, did movies like Hard Candy and Thursday. Really, really really good film as well. Which one?
1: I've seen both Hard Candy and Hannibal. um, Hannibal's great. great. I've never seen Hard
3: Candy. I've just I've just bought it on DVD, very cheap, so I'm gonna. I, mean, I hear it's
0: a hard just, watch. Just, 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 <laughs> pre-
1: just prepare to cross your legs. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I've heard. <laughs> but it's an interesting film. I yeah? can imagine.
0: And he's, he's a British director as well, which I didn't know. Get in. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. but the reason I'm mentioning it now is because the first segment in the movie, which is directed by a guy whose work I didn't previously know, called Alejandro Brugge, or Bruges. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. It's basically like a 30-minute slasher movie that's like the ultimate slasher movie. It's got all the clichés in it, but it also puts a really good spin on it. And it just launches it. We, Me and my friend Stella, who, who were watching it together, were just laughing and thrilled straight away. Hmm. Unfortunately, the rest of the movie is kind of variable, and, mm-hmm. and that is the best bit. They've put the best bit at the start, yeah. if it makes yeah. sense. But um, I would encourage anyone who likes slasher movies... To check it out for that segment alone, really, um, it was—I think it was the UK premiere at Grimfest—and I'm not sure where it's going to be released next. But I would—I would keep your eyes on like Netflix and places like that. I, I don't know if it will get a cinema release. I—I I should say as well, just good to see Joe Dante doing a movie again, um, yes. which have Richard mm. Chamberlain in it, um, Doctor Kildare, from, uh, heartthrob of the 1970s, I think. <laughs> 60s, 60s, really. <laughs> Uh, playing um, an extremely sinister plastic surgeon it was cool. a, g- a good bit of casting um, <laughs> So yeah, so I uh, recommend that And um, also just generally had a nice time at Grimfest um, Even though they, they programmed too many movies And didn't leave long enough time for you to eat things in between So if you're going to go, bring your own packed lunch well, I um, think that's
3: the same with any festival isn't it? You've got to kind of decide... Mm. What and what not to do.
0: I've never been to a festival before where everything was like 20 minutes (laughs) apart. But. (laughs) You know, trying to jam pack it but still the quality was quite good mm. and the, the atmosphere was good And you got Q&As with the, some of the directors and writers and actors and things and, and so I enjoyed it and I'll go again next year so I recommend I'm, I might the, try and
3: get it down next year I've always wanted to go because mm. it always sounds right up my street so I think that's
0: something I'll do I think you can tell that the people who program it program it out of love mm. and, um, and they show short films as well so it's a good opportunity to see kind of up and coming talent and local talent as well um, okay, so, Halloween Resurrection. So, yeah, um, if listeners have been uh, keeping up with this series and have listened to all the previous episodes, you will have just come off the back of Halloween H20, in which myself and Howard and Luke were all rhapsodising quite enthusiastically about that 1998 uh, fun instalment of the franchise and come back for Jamie Lee Goethe's Laurie Strode. Um, four years after that movie, we had another movie, and this movie is a number of um, lasts that we, we must address. It's the final Halloween film to be produced by Mustafa Akkad, who was killed in a terrorist incident a few years later, 2005, I think. It's also the final Halloween film to be produced by Paul Freeman, who is the most prolific contributor to the Halloween series he actually produced more of the installments than Deborah Hill did he produced basically every sequel apart from Halloween 5 following on from John Carpenter and Deborah Hill leaving the series Um, and basically I think he was brought on by Mustafa Akkad because he was a a low budget um, guy whose acumen uh, lay in the area of knowing how to get the the best out of minimal resources Uh, and Halloween 4 and Halloween 6 were made on that and they were shot in, um, I think, Utah. However, when H2O came along, um, because of the success of Scream and things like that, as we discussed last episode, horror was big business again, and they could spend more money on the movie, and I think um, it probably says something about Freeman's um, efficiency, that he was kept on as producer for the bigger budget H2O, and then uh, Halloween Resurrection, which had a similarly um, sized budget of $15 million. We've come a long way from... The, f- the first Halloween movie being made for... 28 cents three hundred fifty thousand <laughs> $0.350,000 That's around, not the
2: same Paul Freeman who's in Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Long Good Friday. Very sadly not. And now comes up in every British detective series at some point. No, it's
0: not Paul Freeman from Miss no. Marple, no. <clears throat> no, um, right. Was that Belloc? Yeah, Belloc, yes. <laughs> no. Once again, we see there is nothing you possess which I cannot take away. <laughs> It's a it's transfer family labor. <laughs> um Huh. Yeah, so um So you it's do, a different for You do oh. your you do your impression, my,
3: my, tra- my impression.
1: It's a
0: transmitter <laughs> for speaking to God. Wonderful, <laughs> yes. Exactly. What, huh. what kind of French accent is that, Paul Freeman? I'll tell you what kind—the right kind. <laughs> um, it's eighties, entertaining French. kind. Yeah. So no. So but it's a so, load of bellocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, we're not talking about that, Paul Freeman. We're I talking about saying. the producer Paul Freeman. Only to just acknowledge that he's a guy who, in his own way that he didn't know at the time, he has influenced the course of all our lives. And, and without him we would not be doing this podcast <laughs> this is the last movie in the franchise that he produced and the other thing that's the, um, the other last associated with Halloween Resurrection is, is it's the last Halloween film to get a review in Halliwell's film guide legendary film guide because after about 2006 that book stopped being published and oh. um, In 2002, though, it was still being published, and although Leslie Halliwell, who originated it, had died in, like, 1988, new reviews were being added by a guy called John Walker, I think, at that time, and I would like to uh, read you his little review of Halloween Resurrection. Obviously, we referred to the film guide in previous episodes of this series because of its great succinct little sum-ups of the plot and things and also sometimes the su- succinct reviews it gets so halloween resurrection says this is the plot summary as part of a reality tv program six college students spend the night in an old dark house where serial murders took place essentially wow. that is the movie yep. and yep. I, I think but the, 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 good. there's a hint there that that doesn't sound like a sequel to anything. It could mm. be the plot of any old yeah. Yeah. haunted movie. house. Mm. And then house the, on haunted Hill. the mm. review then says he doesn't take long to put his cards on the table with this <laughs> movie. The review says dire horror built on the premise that the ending was to Halloween H two O was a fantasy. It's just another slasher movie. Oh. So, not 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 the most loved movie uh, of all time. Um, It's uh, yeah, it was basically made because of um, of Halloween H two O's success. And although when H two O was being made, it was kind of intended as the finale to the series. There was a loophole in everyone's contracts that said, you know, that we we can do more and. And and actually, they included a mechanism in the script whereby, even though it seemed to end the story by killing Mm. off Michael Myers finally, this could be undone in the sequel. Mm. And lo and behold, Halloween H2O was a success and the the contract clause was activated and people like Jamie Lee Curtis were brought back. Um, But it ended up being directed by Rick Rosenthal, who up till this point um, is the only director to have done more than one Halloween movie. Mm. He was the Mm. guy who did Halloween 2. Um, he was third choice to direct this movie <laughs> although he, he was he was um, he was a director of episodes of buffy the vampire slayer at the time yeah. so in a way, he was probably probably seemed a bit down with the kids mm. um yeah that, that's probably what, what he hoped and it, but he was not the first choice and probably what he said at the time one of, one of the previous choices <laughs> one of the previous choices who um turned it down was dwight little the director of halloween four he mm. didn't want to come back so Rick, but Rick Rosendahl had no such pride, and he was just like, Yep! <laughs> and I, I Is there money? At, yes. Hmm. I remember at the time when this was kind of announced, and the movie's being made, and news was coming out. The fact that, though, you know, I was of the opinion that um, why are they doing a sequel to H2O? Surely it's not really essential or mm-hmm. relevant. Um, and but then things, new bits of news came out, like Rick Rosenthal. I said, oh, okay, so it's Rosenthal again. So mm-hmm. There's a pleasing circularity to that. He's working with Jamie Lee Curtis again. His wife, Nancy Stevens, was in Age to Oak. She played the nurse, mm-hmm. Marion Chambers, in 1, 2 and Age to Oak. Um, and so, I, in a way, I kind of found that promising. However, on seeing the movie, which I only just have, may, maybe it's For the not first so time. Promising. Um, all the way through for the yeah. first time yeah but um, I think it's always good to start with the most positive and I think maybe the person at this table who has the most positive things to say is is sitting to my left here so Howard yeah I don't uh, I'm not saying this film's good I'm not saying it's, it's
2: a good film or it's as good as some of the previous sequels I just I think I probably enjoyed it a bit more than other people uh, around the table seemed to I just thought it was I thought there were some interesting ideas in it I thought the whole idea of having um the reality tv thing which would still be comparatively new in 2002 big brother would only be two years old then mm-hmm. wasn't there a series where they all put people on a desert island or something i think yeah. the real world that was
1: a thing in the us the um, real world did you, you, me, you mention like the osborns as well that's yeah, right yeah, yeah that's yeah.
2: right yeah so it's yeah. still a, a relatively new thing and i i think quite an interesting idea for a horror mm. film slash whether they do it justice is another mm. question but i think it's an interesting idea i i think um the idea that the producers of this uh, show have put some kind of props in this house to sort of yeah. scare people—you don't quite know—and there's some nice scenes where well, I do. I do like the scenes where Buster Rhymes replacing Donald Pleasants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, oh, I mean, oh. who else could? You can hardly yeah. tell the difference, really. <laughs> uh, but I do. I do like the scene where he's dressed up as Michael Myers and he goes up to somebody who he thinks <laughs> is Michael Myers and says, "What the hell are you doing? And I'm Michael Myers," and, and starts kind of knocking him on the forehead and stuff. I, I find that quite funny. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> um, Michael Myers has not really experienced that before, and. Uh, and all of it where the guys at the party are sending messages to them saying right. he's still alive and he's, by, or he's no, on the stairs whatever. Yeah. That huh? stuff is, I think that's bored as an idea, I think it's a good idea and I think it's quite interesting and quite ingenious they could have done it a lot better than they did mm-hmm. um, it's still the same, it's still the same problem we've got with all the Halloween sequels, you know exactly what Michael Myers is going to do, he does what he does there's no surprise to it, there's no mystery to it it's not really all that scary because you know what he's going to do he's too, he's too physical, he's too tangible mm-hmm. in all the sequels Unlike the first one, where it's this very strange, mysterious yeah. presence. he's just going around killing people. That's what the audience want. The, the teenagers, the contestants in the show, are pretty obnoxious. the mm-hmm. Same old kind of wannabes. But well, I suppose that's a send-up of the kind of people who go well, on reality they're all TV. They're quite stereotypical. They are very stereotypical, yeah. and they get killed in, in yeah, one's, very familiar ways. Like, one's
1: emo, one's the psycho fan, one's the sex note.
2: And... Yeah, it's not, there's not much imagination in, <laughs> in the characterisation. And the way he kills <laughs> them, he squashes somebody's head again, and yeah. puts something on a spike again, so it's not. Um, but I... I don't know, and for what it is, because everybody says it's terrible, when I watched it, I thought, I don't think it's quite as terrible. Perhaps I enjoyed it more, just because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I think there's some interesting ideas in it, and some imaginative little touches and stuff. Uh, I don't like the idea of killing Jamie Lee Curtis off. I have this idea that if you survive a film, then you should survive for good. You know, you've, you've yeah. passed the test, kind of thing. You've earned your... <laughs> the, final, girl, the final girl uh, badge. Yeah, yes, yeah, so you should have a sort of like a... You know, like they killed the girl. You can't her. be the first girl. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> to be fair, we'll
0: we'll, we'll deal with Jeremy character's <clears this throat> participation in, in more detail in a bit. But I'm sure she could have survived to the end if she'd wanted to. Yeah, I, I know. I know why she, killed she wanted to kill her. i she I'm sure she will never you know.
2: do another Halloween film again. I'm absolutely sure she'll stick to that and yeah. not do another one. Because yeah, the thing is like the trailer. She's a woman of her word. <laughs> the funny thing is like
1: the actual trailer makes it look like she comes into the film like halfway through. Uh, yeah, because the trailer was like you know there's only one person there, on. and then at the end it's like her saying hello, Michael. And yeah, you- well, I saw that trailer when it came out, and I was like, oh, she must turn up at the end and
3: like kick his ass again. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, that's
1: like, trailers are often trailers misleading. Are very deceptive. Yeah, and she's on the poster yeah. as well, just like. You think she has a bigger role in it as well. But
3: if you look carefully at the poster, she has short hair, yeah. and it's clearly from a photo from H2O. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, but she is top build in the end credits. When the credits come up, the top two characters are Laurie Stroge, Jeremy Curtis, Michael Myers, Brad Larie. Every else really matter. <laughs> Those people are in it. Uh, what, what are your initial impressions, Dan? Well, my initial impressions
3: of Halloween Resurrection uh, is the worst one I've seen. <laughs> it is clearly the worst one out of all the ones I've watched. Um, dreadful, dreadful acting, uh, dreadful uh, cinematography. Uh, poor Why do you think the
0: cinematography is pretty dreadful? I just uh,
3: some of the shots. Like there was the shot where Laurie's running up, running up the stairs, and there's a window of these kind of this kind of stairway. Yeah, yeah, two tier stairway. One, yeah. And then all of a sudden she, she braces herself against the window. And then Michael comes up, and I'm just like, there's no point in that." It's just,
0: it's yeah, it's. I was it's, just,
3: uh, there's a lot of just unnecessary shots, unnecessary, a lot of unnecessaryness, basically. Well, the movie is unnecessary. There's, there's even, a, I remember a shot in the, you know, when the the kids are watching watching it live at a yeah, the party. Yeah. There's a reaction shot where they all go, Whoa! and they're all like, jump back. And then later on, uh, there's a, a young blonde guy gets introduced, and he goes, "Hey, what
4: are you watching?"
3: Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> however, in, the, in that jump shot earlier, he's in that shot. Uh, so he's not even been in the room. You've been watching this movie closely. <laughs> yeah, I was because I hated it so much. <laughs> I was like, I need more ammo for this. Um, but yeah, it's just just bad. Um, Buster Rhymes it's just it's kind of it's kind of entertaining how bad he is as well. Like, he's, he's, oh. like especially when he's like talking to himself he's, he's watching the Kung Fu and the thing and he's like oh, who's interrupting my Chung Li? my Chung Win Chung Lee yeah, and he's like <laughs> yeah yeah and he's going <laughs> you know and he, <laughs>
4: and,
3: he's interrupt- and he goes back and he's like yeah don't worry about it you'll be fine you'll be fine you'll be fine and then all of a sudden he's like yeah yeah and um, I think the problem the problem with, with Buster Rhymes for me is that um, with acting it's a lot what you say with your eyes mm. but he's constantly squinting yeah, you can't see what's going on. He's, he's like, well, and like he,
0: this. he says everything with his mouth.
3: Yeah, and, and his, understandable, look at that cause mouth. he's understandable because a red spot—it's it's massive. Yeah, that you, mouth. you're yeah.
0: always—I was always mesmerised by his teeth, was terrifying teeth. <laughs> burn! Oh. <Yeah>. burn! <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and to be fair to him, I think he was only cast to be himself. Yeah, it's fair to yeah. You, No, I understand and then, that. And he wasn't. I'm not. I'm um, not. I'm not. Not a fan of Buster Rhymes.
3: Yeah, I just don't think. He's a fit for the Halloween franchise. Yeah. Like it, it did, it just came across very, very two thousands. There yes. was this very kind was, of cheese uh,
2: to it. I think it's because it was so different. It's why I kind yeah. of liked it. I, I'm not saying he was great or anything. I just it's so different from what we've had in the past. Yeah. I think it's
3: the the, the, the bit where I was like, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. Is he's at Laurie's door, and there's a sh- there's another shot which I absolutely hated, and it's just him going it's just the camera going douche oh yeah mm. douche against the door like that, through the little circular window, just doosh, I went, just dreadful. But
0: Well, they clearly, this was a bit where he burst into headset. That's correct, yeah. And they clearly just shot him bursting through it with no pre-leader. Yeah no, no, yeah, no, Nothing to show the force that he was using. So they've inserted a POV shot of the door with a digital vibration on it, as if it's his point of view, when he's knocking against the door and yeah. working mm-hmm. up some kind of momentum. Yeah, but, And then he
3: bursts through the door, headbutts it, whatever. And it's just splinters. It's just out of nowhere <laughs> like that. And I'm just like, it just it looks awful. It takes away his mystique of being like. I, I prefer if he's snuck in. You know, he's you this kind of like we talked about this ethereal shape. Presence. Yeah, but I think the mystique's gone a long time ago. Yeah, prob- probably. Yeah. But I still,
1: I still. Well, no, still I mean, hoping. I
0: think it was. You could argue that it was on its way back from Halloween. H two O. Yeah, maybe. Know. No, I, don't, I I think the mystique's gone. Okay. Alright, right, um, Howard, we'll yeah. do it. <laughs> no, I do, I do because yeah. even
2: though, uh, yeah, it show's a good film, but it's mm. still we still know everything about Michael Myers. It's yeah. still but you, very
1: physical in but if you look at the mask, um there was a port that they put makeup on it. So obviously they got the William Shannon mask, but they put like more detail into it. Alright. Oh, so that's why Michael's eyes are so so dark, you can right. see it clearly. So they and, come out a bit. And more. they and they just like darken the details on the mask so it stands out more
2: and well, it's and weird because actually mind. it looks when I saw I was watching it, it actually looks more like Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> 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 you know what i with the two of them? <laughs> <laughs> <Martin> <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's kind of like they're walking along, that looks more like Leonard Nimoy, it looks like so, so it's Shatner
3: and <laughs> Leonard in Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy is a much better actor <laughs> <Buster> <laughs> is a much is better, better Colombo <laughs> murderer. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) even more but but, I I just I couldn't when I saw that I was like I can't remember him you know obviously we've seen him with superhuman strength and you know invulnerability and healing and whatever Um, but I don't think I remember him like just exploding a door (laughs) you know just (laughs) splintering
0: a door just by stepping into it no he kind of in in the first Halloween he's like when she's hiding in the closet, he kind of punches through. Yeah, sure. It's a very thin door. Really. But it's mm. yeah, it's not. He just. I mean, that's a that's
3: a secure door. That's an asylum door. That's yeah. not going to be something yeah. that you can yeah, just you, just, mm, you yeah. know just blow up like that with you know. It just it, just, it like it's, uh. it's like he appears out of inside the door, teleports inside the door, and it explodes because of his presence in it. And I'm just like it just nah. It just it just smacked at me. Just crap I was just like yeah and, and so
0: yeah some of the some of the I think a lot of the acting is dreadful mm. oh no um I would possibly agree but let's uh, yeah sorry to I'm, the, I'm going too what, far What, what, my what are your initial impressions
1: Joke. uh well where to begin really um I mean
0: can I just ask you uh where did you first see this film or have you just watched it for this podcast
1: um I remember originally watching it on channel four when they were doing like I think they were doing the run of the whole uh, Halloween series, mm. and because obviously this is where I saw Halloween H20, I fell in love with that film, and then Halloween H, sorry, Halloween Resurrection came on, and it was like, oh, okay, it's Halloween again, so it's the it's that film, and I was confused, because it's like, well, wait a minute, he's dead, wait, why is, wait, what, and then it comes up with the story of, um, oh, he swapped bodies halfway through, and... That's why... Yeah, that is ridiculous. Yeah, that, yeah, that is. That's really the really upsetting part is... Um, exactly, That was actually, um... <laughs> <laughs> that was actually Kevin Wilson's idea. That's how they got hit continued, continue, basically. So Kevin... Mm. Well,
0: they must have thought of that when they were making... When they were killing off, yeah. Because yeah, must have designed. Gone. Because apparently, um... Most Advocate had, had like, a, a, a clause in the contract which said you can never kill it. Michael. So, mm. um... They, they wrote it that they, they don't kill him, but Jamie Lee Curtis kind of argued that, okay, but can we make it that Laurie thinks she's killing him and the audience thinks she's killing him, Yeah. But and as long as they, uh, we don't give it away, you know he's still alive, so you know he can yeah, make another yeah, yeah. sequel. Well, is that okay? And, and they compromised on that. Right. No, oh, because I thought, I thought I
2: waited too well. That was it. Michael Myers was dead. It was going
0: to be. It was like no from more. from the from the intention of probably the writers and Curtis and the director. It was the end of it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Mustafa Akad was like, no, <laughs> this <laughs> is boat I want to buy, and <laughs> I saw the Halloween series
1: ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> and also, and I think
0: he had them over a barrel because although yeah. mo- although the movie was made and distributed by Dimension Films, they had mm. licensed the rights from him, and right. the the, the um, agreements had a clause in it which said you know, you can make Halloween movies, but never kill him. Because we always want to make more. <laughs> so they couldn't do anything about that. And
1: I think it was unnecessary as well, because obviously, you know, Hatesville felt like a closer. And then obviously this was made, you can obviously tell this film was made because, one money? Um, and it just, it just destroys everything that could have been a perfect ending. So, you know, you've brought Michael back. He beheads a guy very quickly. Literally, it's like the two scurry guards told each other, and then he grabs one, cuts his throat. The the scurry guard checks him, and there's a headless body. It's yeah. amazing how quickly that he cuts through a head. I mean, if you, yeah, yeah. If you've seen horror films, it takes like three swings. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen it in real life, yeah, just take a look. <laughs> but he's <laughs> If
3: not long after that, he explodes a door. Explodes a door. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: yeah. So he's got he- he's got quick head. He's got powers. He's got quick head cutting abilities. He's got door bashing abilities. He's officially the Hulk now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, yeah. And when you know when he gets captured by Lee Curtis and she's like, "I need to see you," it's like, "No, this this is you." No, Laurie, stab him, stab him. And then yeah. he, obviously he he grabs her, stabs. It's Henry. It's just like, oh well, they've just literally gave two fingers to a legacy that was unnecessary.
0: It, it's a horrible way to get rid of a character. Yeah, you know, all
1: all all awesome. all and then he gives the knife to the other guy in the mask and then he starts to give this massive, you know, backstory of Michael Myers, for <laughs> yes. 1957. The murder. greatest hit, <laughs> Michael just, Myers. Back, it's just And I'm expecting like, is he gonna mention Halloween four, five, and six, or is this gonna, mm. oh, you know what, I, I and to be honest, um, it's just one of those films where you can tell it, it was of its decade you know it was 2002 it's dated very it's, dated it's very dated especially with like the Osborne's message and how yes. all the characters are like yeah you
0: know I, I'm the sex addict and yeah I'm the talking that guy and, and then the email stuff I mean it's weird because uh, it shouldn't have. If they'd done it well, it might not have dated too bad well because now reality TV is still a thing. Sorry, what you're laughing? Sorry, at? I was just
3: thinking when she was like, "I've got to send an email," and it's the oldest. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um. no,
0: I mean, but but like streaming is a big thing. Yeah, um, of course, you know, yeah. um, being in a house with loads of cameras mm. is, is, is an idea that would still work now. Mm. Um, yeah. But the way they did it and the, the kind of the way it took to. Extremely primitive-looking email technology <laughs> and all that. It just—it makes it look like a kind of yeah, weird. It looked dated then, but it wasn't dated then. No, of no, course not. Not that's, No, no, no. I mean, but,
3: but um, you know what I, you know what I think. I, I was saying this to Howard earlier. I was saying, when they get into the house and they've got the cameras on, uh, if they if they went whole hog with that, if they did a found footage mm. Halloween movie, I think that would be great. That would have worked. I think that is a good idea. But they. They don't. They mm-hmm. they have this unique storytelling opportunity and technology and the POV and all that stuff. And they barely use it. Yeah. They hardly like it's it's only like as they get killed or as they sit and like not even like as Michael passes a doorway or anything like that. Nothing like creepy or anything like that. They just it's just like Ugh! camera shot of them dying, camera shot of Michael. <laughs> right up against their face. Yeah. How very interesting. But um, <laughs> yeah. the, there was a potential that they could have used. I mean I mean, mm. like we we're saying, it's kind of, you know, a little bit ahead of its time probably with the reality T V show, but mm. they could have well, really you know, if they did a like, did a Blair Witch Well this yeah. this is what I was gonna say, yeah. if,
2: if Halloween H two O was informed or influenced by Scream, yeah. I think it was. Then this film is influenced by Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah. But but only nowhere near as good because I love the exactly, Blair Witch Project. Exactly. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, but that kind of thing they're going for. with yeah. all the sort of like the point point of view shots. Exactly. Yeah, it's filmed the, the but, actors. But it's still, in the film but are then it's still
3: unfortunately it's still they kind of they're trying to mash the two things together yeah, the, and neither of them work. The either because, should have gone well, yeah. hog either way. Yeah. Yeah. they it, don't it, want
0: uh, to lose the aesthetic elements that make Halloween what it is. The, hmm. the music. Mm. and the moody lighting and Mm -hmm. things like that so it's a compromise and therefore it's a gashing I agree I think
2: it's an unnecessary film it shouldn't have been made but it was made Mm -hmm. and as it was made you just have to take it what it is and I kind of was able to sort of
1: if it Deep was band. it was just like um, it was just like a horrid house film and then the twist was that oh actually it's a Halloween film, Michael's Come Back to the House. That
0: would've been good. Yeah. I think
1: that would have been the better approach. Mm. Steve they, they do like a little homage to Peeping Tom as
0: well. They do. Uh, uh, or rip off. Yeah. Well yeah. Cheap
1: <laughs> quick rip-off, just say like, well we watch horror films. so yeah, yeah we well, just the as the pins do always go forward, he stubs go in the throat and then with the tripod, tripod yeah. yeah. Um oh there's a weird yeah what's that Michael <laughs> <laughs> no I think you'll find it's the fly <laughs> 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 Jeff Goldblum's just going to jump in now um, but no it's just it just follows every cliche and it's a film that it's done and cheap It it's wasting a good idea and the only thing that you can remember if you mention Halloween H. show is I <laughs> think everyone hears is Buster Rhymes yeah. and you know I think in the ending I was I showed it to my girlfriend as well <laughs> we watched the ending and the scene where she's got the chainsaw, he's like, "You bastard!" She's cutting him, and he's not—he's it basically—it it hits his shoulder, and he's not yeah. like, "Ow!" I mean, Michael doesn't speak, but um, as soon as she falls over, and Michael's about to come over. Buster Rhymes kicks the door yeah. and says the Ivmus line, and I think if you all
2: say it together, <laughs> Trick, "Trick or treat, or treat motherfucker. motherfucker!" Yeah, it's a good line. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I where, are the awards? <laughs> where are the accolades it's, it's, it's certainly it's but memorable is David Mamet at his best though? memorable and easy to imitate
3: so you know my other favourite line movie I, I knew that was coming because we, we quoted it in a previous podcast so I expected that line but my other favourite one was, uh, was the, other, the, the other guy the friend of the, the lead female in it and, uh, and he's, he's the kind of chef He's kind of chef character, and he's in the kitchen. Gets the knives out of the drawer, and he's like, "You
1: like sushi, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. that,
3: that I enjoyed
1: that one more than the trick or treat. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just it's just Michael's face when he sees Buster Rhymes. It's like, wait, you're still alive. And even when Ma- even when uh, Buster Rhymes does his like kung fu, yeah. Michael's still gonna look like, wait, you still you're still alive. And then after when he's coming over to Buster Rhymes with the knife, he he grabs the wire and. L- and I, it it pays me, says he electrocutes Michael Myers in the dick. Oh yeah. And, Mike, yeah. and Michael does this massive. <laughs> <laughs> he does this like. <laughs> <lighting>. <laughs> I know, but it it sounds like a, it sounds like a yawning Chewbacca though when he when he falls back. I know, but it will be yeah, it will be. be louder, not just. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just think kind of quite like the idea that instead of a middle-aged white yeah, psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah, a sure, boy, yeah. big no. black bloke who can handle himself yeah, yeah. Is as close to an action hero perhaps Buster Rhymes was not a I thought was <laughs> no. somebody no, else no, I mean, but that character yeah no I think the, I, yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah
3: they were, they were good. I think it was a good change when up, there's not a role. lot of black
2: or non-white people true. in true. Halloween role yeah. no, in any right. kind of heroic right. or
0: leading role no, I think that's fine and that's not a problem and I think Howard you're with the audience members who in the test screening apparently because originally Buster Rhymes was not a big part of the film. He was just in it it was a fun cameo but the, the test audiences loved him, so they <laughs> deliberately filmed more stuff with him. And I'm willing to bet that the whole my Wu Chun-Li thing, or whatever it is that yeah. he says. I think
3: it's Wing Chun Lee. Wing, yeah. like Wing Chun Lee. Yeah. 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 I mean, apologies.
0: <laughs> I know very little about kung fu mm. stars mm. uh, Maybe I should know. Apologies. To I, even all I Kung Fu artists no. around the world. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know. I know. A, I know a fair few, but I can't say I've heard of him. I mean, no, no, I, exactly I actually Burnley. know. I know. I know what Wing Chun is because I, I used to know a guy who, who, who trained in it. But yeah. um, so it's a. So that's his name, is it Wing Chun Lee? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. I so assume so I'll, I'll, maybe
1: I'll google it later unless Buster Rhyme's just made up on the spot then kudos no. <laughs> but
0: no I'm, I, I would People's just whole thing uh, made up. <laughs> I, I suspect that that scene is one of the ones that was added because it's basically Buster Rhyme talks to himself yes I mean, it's, it's that's
1: one like, of my notes just yeah. Buster Rhyme talks to himself and <laughs> it's also got um, pointlessly Tyra Banks in it as well um, yeah she's barely well, in it she's barely in uh, it she, like, she goes the TVs are on Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's yeah because then the camera when um, they do the peeping Tom rip off hmm. the camera is very closely when she turns the music on it's just like just watching her move mainly her buttocks really yeah. so. and, then and then she, she dies off screen dies.
2: <laughs> what well, I think that's, that's like a screen cool. thing again isn't mm-hmm. Sarah Michelle Gellar in Screen 2, which is not yeah. very much... You yeah, but you've seen yeah. them die. It's a name doesn't... to go on the poster. Yeah, yeah, I,
0: guess, yeah. I guess. No, it says, it says the credits take with Tyra Banks ah. and Jamie Lee Curtis. Ah. Star, they yeah. just walked on one day in the form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean... Okay, so I'll, I'll contextualise it from my point of view. Um I saw H2O at the cinema. I loved it. I loved the episode of the, of the podcast we did last time where we just... Talked about how great it was because I mean it is a, it's not the best film I've made and it's flawed, but what, but compared to the films leading up to it in this series, it's so refreshing and so straightforward. Um, it, it just teaches. It it seems it's like um, it's almost like a film school exercise. Everything you previous guys got wrong about how to make movies, we'll do it right. The the the, the linear narrative, the characters who you have time to get to know mm. to care about, yeah. things like that, the logic, um, and the kind of the circularity. I think like the last thing I mentioned um, in that episode, which always just really pleases me, is that the lo- the whole intro ends with. Um, the theme music kicking in and you hear Jamie Lee Curtis ragged breaths over it which is a direct mimic of the end of Halloween Mm -hmm. except then of course it was Michael Myers' breaths things like that Um, uh, so you know so I loved that movie at the cinema back in 98 Um, when I heard that they were making a new one I had decidedly mixed feelings I thought because Jamie Lee's in it and and because it's Rick Rosenthal I thought maybe there could be something here but it came out and it got terrible reviews and I, and I didn't want to go and see it. A few years later when it was on TV, I, I, I'd heard that Jamie Lee Curtis got out of the movie within the first 15 minutes or so, so I just watched that much. What is that? Something's We're being gassed. Sound like a, Sound like a snake or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh. so I, I, I watched... <laughs> the start and was like heartbroken and disgusted by the fact that they killed off Laurie. Mm. They undid yes, the ending of Halloween H2O and they got rid of Laurie in such a perfunctory way. The only thing I liked about it was, oh, it's good to see the wig again, essentially because she had the, long, yeah. head, the long, hair, yeah, which, long hair, which she didn't have in H2O. Yeah. Sorry, I sometimes I just can't speak, you know, so I couldn't say wig then. <laughs> and, um, it's good to see the wig again. Um, uh, so yeah so I didn't and I didn't watch the rest of it I, I think I saw a few clips of it maybe on YouTube but I, I have never seen the full film until um, watching it for this podcast and I'll tell you something about the order of the movies that I watched for this podcast in the initial burst of enthusiasm I watched a triple bill of Halloween Halloween 2 and H2O which is a great triple bill it's very satisfying those yeah. movies flow through together and come to a conclusion everything else I've watched I think then I watched Halloween 3 and um uh yeah and then and then 4 5 and 6 and then obviously i've already watched h2o so i skipped that and went to resurrection and my experience of watching 4 5 6 and resurrection is that it's an absolutely bizarre depressing phenomenon <laughs> you come across the, every subsequent film is twice as bad as the previous one which you hated when you're watching yeah. but when you're watching the next one you look back I mean I would I am not. I don't mean to say that I hated Halloween 4 I did quite enjoy that mm. as we discussed yeah, yeah. Um, but from that point but Halloween 5 was a major drop then Halloween 6 was like oh I wish I was watching Halloween 5 and then Halloween Resurrection I was so fondly remembering the crazy incomprehensibility of two different versions of mm. six and, and like one of the nice things about resurrection is that they go back to the Myers house and it's set in Haddonfield which H2O is not mm. um, and they do recreate the Myers house quite well I think you know um, but but weirdly when watching it I wasn't thinking oh yes the, the Myers house I remember how spooky that was in Halloween one I was thinking I fondly remember the time not so long ago when the Strode family were living in this house and and having ridiculous family arguments with their (laughs) boorish father figure and Kim Darby was having a go at him on the phone. But none of that actually happened because we're now in a different universe. Mm. You know, and I mean, I think in H2O it kind of it, it leaves you with enough vagueness that you think maybe four or five and six could have happened yeah. because she faked her death and she has no knowledge of it. I don't know how she doesn't know that she has a daughter, yeah. but whatever. Um, whereas this one, it definitely kind of states that no one has lived in this house for 20-some so, yeah. years. Yeah. So that totally wipes out um, Halloween, well, four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. Certainly five and six because they're both in that house, aren't they? Even though in five, it's a different house. It's <laughs> yeah. an entirely different house. Um, yeah, and I just... I just I just found it so banal and thick. It was like they'd... I think, Luke, you said that it's like, it feels like it's done on the cheap. And, and, yeah. the, and it does, but the weird thing is it had just as big a budget as H2O. Um, mm. But it's like they threw away all the, the lessons in filmmaking that that movie had got right. Mm. The only thing that follows from H2O to Resurrection that was an improvement on 4 to 6 is that they've clearly realised that it's better if you keep the story simple. And to, to its credit, Resurrection does have a very simple storyline. You say how it's it's a fun idea. It can be summed up in a sentence in Halliwells. That's all absolutely absolutely fine. It's not a very good story, but at least it's straightforward and simple and you kind of know what's going on. Um, but Beyond that, I just found it kind of so so stupid and repetitive and banal. Not that there weren't occasional good things in it, you know. I, I actually think, although you were criticising the mm. cinematography, Dan, yeah. and you criticised the mask, Luke, you know, I actually think Michael Myers looks quite good in it. You know, he, there's a lot of... Uh, he, he steps out of shadows a lot. Mm. Um, the way he moves and looks round. He's a kind of a lithe, sinister, silent presence, which in some of the other movies he's, 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 he's the whole... I mean... Mm-hmm. Apart from a point slot in this where he smashes through doors Mm. and things, you know, I think he's actually quite well done.
2: Mm.
0: And I think some of the deaths are okay, some of the gore effects. Are okay, you know, Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica <laughs> gets decapitated in a marvellous <laughs> sequence. Of, you, know, it's, you know, it's one of those kind of classics. Like, oh, I think oh, she, she's,
3: she's earned that through gurning throughout oh, the entire film. Oh, yeah. oh she's really annoying. She's like, yeah. like, Her mouth is doing all sorts of stuff and I'm like, what is this? Especially that scene where she's like, slut, yeah. bitch. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like, she's just gurning her absolute tits off and I'm like, Calm your face. Calm Get your face
1: down, even, even the main girl, like, the only reason she gets on the show is because she screams and breaks a glass. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's Which like, is not her scream, by the way. That the actress couldn't scream, so they dubbed it. Oh. The great choice for horror movies, <laughs> <laughs> Even acting-wise, <it> was, uh, <laughs> oh. that was that, a... That's the, an actress whose name I can't pronounce called Bianca, I think, Kaliak. Uh... Cash Lich, actors who well cannot scream. <laughs> she's interviewed in the Halloween 25 Years of Terror documentary, and seems like quite a nice person. I'm sure she. I'm sure she's lovely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Can't scream. <laughs> yeah, and and she was she's the character who's supposed to be the lead, hmm. and then gets usurped by Buster Rhymes in the reshoots. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and, and he rescues her and things, um, but she's she's in this group of six. Like twenty somethings, whatever mm. they're supposed to be, and they are—they're so on note. I mean, they yeah. most of them do well. There's like the chef one, yeah. Like you said, the sex addict one. Mm. There's the one who's kind of bookish, academic girl. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: so the kind of feminist. Yeah, sort of like a, a, not really. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's attempting feminism yeah. in her own and way. And then there's the <laughs>
1: rebel, and then because I think Robins, I think the director does like little winks to. Um, to Halloween Two, because hmm. the character one of the characters is called Bud, and in oh. Halloween Two, one the yeah, right. one of the characters that get killed is
0: called Bud. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I think possibly for Rosenthal it felt like coming I mean, kind home of to a certain extent, and, and and I was glad that he was he was getting his name on a major cinema release blessing. But I do think that one of the things we said in the in our review of Halloween Two was that you can tell that. It's a, although it's not as good a film as Halloween it's a more professionally made film with a bit more money and more time and all the acting performances are good in it yeah. and you know I'm sure that is partly to Rosenthal's credit he seems to have lost his grip on that though now he, <laughs> but he's a lot older now and, and he's directing a film about 20 year olds he, he's yeah, not really yeah. and, about the
3: internet and live yeah. streaming and,
0: and by no. the way are you aware that he is in the film is he? yeah he plays the college professor at the start He's it's great. great. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, isn't he's great. He's well, in it for well, like why Can you not be in the film? <laughs> I mean, he's practically the. Well, he, I think he is the only character in the movie who's over thirty. Yeah. Unless you count he's Michael. He's very charming. Though. I remember that. I was like, he was talking and he's talking to the class and stuff. I was like, I'd love him as a teacher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, he's yeah. all right. And
0: uh, and if you see Rosenthal in interviews that's what he's like. And mm. um, I don't know whether he was just um, doing, throwing in a. a Scorsese style cameo, yeah. you know, or whether he just desperately needed money and he was going to get his little two pay check. <laughs> I'll cast myself in this role. Um, that's the only role I could play. he probably auditioned for Michael Myers, but uh, you know, they well, said. What's
1: really th- obsessing about the film is that it takes away Michael's. I think you said is objective because once he's killed.
2: Laurie, well, that's something else I did notice. Once he killed Laurie, what? What's why is he killing? people? Mm. killing because they're in his house, but then that changes his mm. motivation. But then.
0: Although that was hinted at in Halloween Six as well, could, it, could, it, be, could no it be? Could it be
3: that not the, they're not just in his house; they're altering it, putting yeah. things in, mm. changing they're, it, they're redecorating, you know, redecorating, <laughs> adding all these. <laughs> they put, yeah, f- they put fenne- a prison
1: <laughs> downstairs. Well, yeah, they
3: make this thing, but then they find. The real kind of place Michael's been staying underneath, down there in this like a dead rat and stuff. But yeah, that's that's supposedly part the real place he the stays, real, but yeah. everything else is.
0: I mean, fake. I, I did like the fact that if this is to be taken as a follow up to H two O, mm. and if and if you do take the H two O ignores the previous sequels, it does bring up the question of where's he been for twenty years? What's he been doing? And mm. that this movie. Answers that and could have answered it in a really interesting way, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I like that they thought of that. Um, to your points, Howard, I would say that um, although the, the basic idea of the, of the film is sound, there had already been a horror movie made the year before called My Little Eye, which is about a bunch of. Uh, it's a Canadian British horror movie. Uh, about a bunch of kids staying in a mansion and they're all on CCTV all the time mm. and they don't realise that it's like a snuff film right somebody's been employed to be a killer in the house with them. Well,
2: I've never heard of that one. It's, no, it's I I've not heard of, I've it's heard of that one. It's
0: very good. It came out in a period... I was at uni at the time and, it, you know, horror movies were not that common, especially British ones and although you wouldn't know it was British to watch it, it was. Um, and uh, it's directed by a guy called Mark Evans who's done a number of good, quite hard-hitting movies, like there's one starring Colin Firth called Trauma and another one called Resurrection Man, which is about the troubles in Northern Ireland, and um, he's decent, um, yeah, it's a really good film, um, anybody who's not aware of My Little Eye, check it out Okay. Um, yeah, it was I mean, in 2000, 2001, there were just very few British horror films, but they were starting to emerge, so I was really aware of movies coming out like Dog soldiers, which was mm, soon yes. after that. That's and great. 28 days later, mm. and there was a movie called The Bunker, which was like. Shot. Oh, that's
1: Kieran. The Bunker Nightly. No, I think that's the whole. You'll think oh of. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that
0: that was that did come out mm. around that time, and no, so I recommend that, and and that is a good take on on this idea, and I think I, we were talking to our friend Gareth, who contributed to the Halloween Three discussion, previously about this idea, and he was quite into it because it's something like Nigel Neal would have come come up with it it's kind of a little bit similar to the year of the sex olympics which was written you know 25 years before this movie if not longer but um so no there is potential to it and and i'm sure you you don't disagree that the movie doesn't do much with it no it does not do much with it no
2: it's not i'm, I'm not saying it's, it's good, good. <laughs> i'm just saying that i think i liked it more than nobody else did because I could just see things I could see the potential I could see what they were trying to do yeah. and then and I think some, there were some neat ideas in it hmm. and I did like it when Buster Rhymes kicked Michael Myers in the gob. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah.
0: Um, I suppose my main gripe with it about from all the details I've just gone through is that I found it boring that's the main thing sometimes films are bad but they're interesting yeah. mm-hmm. and they keep your attention but this one was Yeah, the idea is okay and it's straightforward, which is good. Basically, it just boils down to a bunch of annoying characters getting killed. Yeah. um, Which is, you know, obviously no worse than a lot of slasher movies, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, it wasn't enough for me. And it it does also start with ten minutes of um, the legacy of a great cinematic character being desecrated. Yeah, yeah. Um, By the way, I, I was amused by... Um, the opening the ineptness of the opening in the sense that um, you know you have the flashbacks which explain that at the end of Halloween H2O spoilers when, when Laurie decapitates Michael she wasn't actually decapitating him she was yeah. decapitating a paramedic who, who Michael had swapped places with he, him he broke his vocal cords larynx or something yeah, yeah. um but but they, have, as well as using visual flashbacks to that, they have a couple of nurse characters who explain what's going on inside this composition. That's Laurie Strode in there. The she, exposition nurses. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not there for any other reason. They don't even get killed. This film no. could do is the, the service of killing these characters, but it he doesn't. Um, He's and, a monster, and it's a great bit of um, like undirected dialogue. Where they the, the, these two actors are, are, are paid to do one job, which is explain the plot, but they don't properly understand the plot.
3: Yeah,
0: and she says something like, "But, but didn't the paramedic say something?" And then, and she's meaning, "Why didn't the guy?" Yeah, same same, I'm not
3: Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hit me with that axe, please.
0: But she talks the way she says the paramedic is like she's talking about somebody else who was mm. there, and and I, I just remember having to stop and think, well, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it I wasn't it up.
3: wasn't very clear, but it's it's sure it's something they want to try and
2: get out of the way as quick yeah. as possible, isn't
0: it? Um, I, I I'd like to, it has to, to be there.
2: You mm. have to explain why.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Mm. And I've seen so many horror films which have bad exposition. Talking about generic characters, I've seen so many horror films with generic characters. Mm, so many true, things. yeah. It's always uh, wrong. Yeah. Cliche. It doesn't bother me, perhaps, I, you know,
1: Yeah. Much but I think it's just that thing of how you do it. I mean, yeah. you know you could do it like the cheap schlockish way, yeah. in Resurrection, or you could do it yeah. in small
2: coating. Perhaps it would have been better if this hadn't been a Halloween film, if it just been an original I, I tell you what. Idea. I, yeah, somebody if it was something somebody
3: if it was something else, I think that it wouldn't have been cri- probably we wouldn't be criticizing it as much and comparing it mm-hmm. to because no, like, we, are, we yes. have we have to compare it because that's yeah. the point.
0: Yeah. Um, I think maybe if it was its own thing, possibly we wouldn't be as harsh to it. I mean, let's say I'll let you remember that there are actually quite a lot of fan footage stroke reality TV horror around that time yeah, was, yeah. everybody was cashing in mm. a bit belatedly on the Blair Witch type thing the Big Brother stuff mm. um, and this movie is actually probably better remembered than most of those others because yeah of the I feel like there were tons. I can't really remember. I, d- I don't know how much were. Ra- I mean, there must have been a fair few. They like, were getting like, bad reviews. But, yeah. Would, like float through cinemas. But, I mean, they've been around for
3: a, a long time now. Mm. You know, even up to like Paranormal Movie, we're still getting them. Yeah, yeah. it's still yeah. a, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's still a big kind of money maker, and it's they're, they're chi- cheap and quick and easy to make. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I don't know how many were out
0: that at that point. But or, I th- well I think. You know, at least this movie has Buster Rhymes saying <laughs> trick-or-treat and things like that. And therefore it's still remembered and laughed about and stuff all these years later. It's 15 years old. Yeah. It's 16 yeah. years old.
1: Yeah, because this was pre-Freddy um, vs. Jason as well, because that came out the next year. Yeah, that's right. Um, which I think is a bit, you know, it is a bit hit-miss. It's yeah. still an enjoyable film. Oh, yeah. But I think, you know, it was... It was that film that knew that that kind of like movie making show was coming, like the either the found footage or because afterwards, what also came out two thousand three was the remake of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and if you watch the beginning and end of that film, it starts off with found footage of mm. a police officer going down to the Howlett farm, wow. and then Low Face John McGowan, you know, chainsaw. Hmm. So it did face yeah. and obviously had Cloverfield and apparently like I said Parnell B C.
0: It's it's its own fan footage is its own jo- genre now really oh, yeah? it's its mm. own kind of s- but uh, I mean there was more kind of not just fan footage but mm. um, specifically around this time I seem to remember I could be wrong mm. and maybe somebody will message us if they hear this and <laughs> think I'm full of crap but um, <laughs> you know uh, it was it was like specifically around not just fan footage but uh, but like internet horror yeah um, and yeah. streaming stuff yeah. evil websites yeah you know. Uh, I,
1: Dark darkweb.com or something yeah. that was quite recent one. Yeah. oh no
0: no no sorry there was the recent one was um, unfriended to un- dark un- web No, but yeah. it was, it's still <laughs> happening there was one before <laughs> called I don't
1: I think there was one back in 2002 2003 I remember the poster of it it was like a woman's like disfigured face like on the screen.
0: I think there was one called fear.com. That was it. Um, fear.com. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think that was
3: out around about the time. I yeah. Think. yeah.
0: So, and all these movies mm. were completely slated. Yeah.
3: There's a oh. new, the new ones come out recently. I can't remember what it was called, but it's basically uh, I think it's John, it John Cho, the yeah, searching, searching. It's meant a, yeah. to be
0: absolutely brilliant, and that's all based on
3: kind of internet profiles and Facebook. But and apparently,
0: it's 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 beautifully done. It's really cinematic. Good, it's not it. just a man sitting tapping at a keyboard, yeah, it comes, you know, in a static shot for for an hour and a half, which a lot of these films kind of are. If you if you ever see the,
3: the film Buried with Ryan Reynolds, that's what that is. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so he gets buried alive, wakes up in the grave, and then it's an hour and a half or hour and 20 minutes of him trying to get out of the grave, out of the casket. Um, yeah, I've heard of it, but yeah. is it good? Does it work? I didn't like it. A lot of people think it's great. Mm-hmm. And and again, I've got nothing bad to say about Ryan Reynolds' effort really. I think yeah. he's a very enjoyable actor. I like him a lot. He's
0: very charming.
3: He's a very charming guy. Same with Paul Rudd, even you know, even in Halloween <laughs> six I quite liked him. Um, but yeah, it's I think sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. So it depends. But I would I wouldn't mind seeing that one. I'm searching.
0: Right, yeah I oh, know, yeah, I definitely want I don't think it's been released in Britain yet. What's is it? So I, think,
1: uh, I think it's coming out this l- end of this month, more November time. Right. All right. Well, I'll it? see if I can get to the cinema soon.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, th- there's a couple of other things I'd like to say about this movie as a sort of Halloween sequel. I think it's got the most dropped opening title sequence. Oh. We've, we've mentioned title sequences yeah. a few times, and it is a bit of a hobby horse of mine. You know, if a film doesn't have a good opening credits, I am automatically against the movie, <laughs> it's got to work extra hard to win me over, um, and you know we talked about how the Halloween movies have sometimes quite creative things with pumpkins in a lot of the credit sequences, this one doesn't, it's just black screen with words on it, and the Halloween m- music comes in, and, and and actually the version of the Halloween music that's done quite well is, is by Danny Lux who uh, used to be the composer of a TV series called Sliders. Which he oh, sliders? I used to love yeah, Sliders. Yeah, yeah. It's yes. a great of sci-fi adventure show. I can remember the music being quite funky. It was great. And the, the, his version of the Halloween theme has like echoey haunting vocals on top of it and it, I think it works quite well. It's quite nice. But what I realised on hearing that was that even though this is good, it doesn't quite work because... The, the original music to Halloween was so minimalist and so specific that changing it in any way at all, I, I, yeah. I think, just diminishes it. It doesn't quite it transfer. Mm. You you always lose something, um, and that's been the case ever since Halloween Two, with its kind of reorchestrated synth organs and all that. Um, so I, I just, it, in a way, I, it just kind of if, when I realised that it felt like a little. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry to say this to, to listeners who are actual fans of this franchise and, and like <coughs> have um, great love for all of the movies but it just kind of felt like the lesson was you can't improve on perfection so don't even try mm. um, having said that um, like I've said before I will always be excited for a new Halloween film I'll always want to watch um, what they do with it because the kind of enigma of Halloween 1978 is that it is a complete film but you are left tantalised and you really want to know where it goes and, what, and you really, and also because for me anyway no other film has ever had quite the same effect on me you want to know you, you want another film that will mm. produce that mm. and nobody has ever made a movie that has done that and um, good luck trying
1: but the funny thing was they were going to do a sequel to Halloween Resurrection and it was going to be um Lloyd Strode's son played again by Josh Harnett oh right and he was going because if you remember at the end of Halloween Resurrection Michael Miles wakes up yeah and um what a surprise! Did <laughs> <What> a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that? That's the one thing I was, Michael is still alive. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so they were going to do a sequel because it did make it did make money. And well, yeah,
0: on the fifteen million budget, it made thirty million in America wow. alone. Yeah. So,
1: so, the plan was that they were going to get Josh Hartnett back, and it was going to be uh, Louis Short's son was going to hunt down Michael Myers right. for killing his mum. That could be interesting. Yeah. Could be interesting, but again, it could have keep the family dynamic. Yeah, but again, it might have let, fallen yeah. back into that Halloween mm. 5, 6 yeah. timeline. Yeah,
0: and then mm. he ran into a guy with cowboy boots and he's like, hmm. what What are you doing here? Why are you doing here? <laughs> um, I mean, what I would say is... Uh, also just in response to like defense of the, of the movie in the sense of it's no worse than the slasher movies what could they have done mm-hmm. it shouldn't have been made whatever yeah all that's true but i i actually do think there was potential to do something interesting yeah mm-hmm. and i remember feeling this at the time when they announced that they were making this movie there were two options you either make another halloween film that's not about michael myers mm-hmm. in the vein of three um and you can do anything they weren't going to do that I, I seem to remember that um, the halloweenmovies.com website actually invited fans to vote on whether they really? wanted Myers in the next film or not and the fans overwhelmingly voted yes hmm. idiots hmm. Um, but you know but it was always going to go that way yeah. because that's the proven box mm. office um, yeah, element true. that they need and so then they said, okay we're going to do Myers and they announced that it was going to be called Halloween Homecoming and it was all about Ooh. a return to Haddonfield I thought, well, where nice. he fights Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. so I thought that oh, Harold strong, <laughs> <yeah>.
3: um, <laughs> and Harold Michael Keaton has a little juice.
4: the amazing crossovers we come up with that will never happen
0: only in and, our minds yeah <laughs> thank god um, yeah and well apparently so I thought that was had potential to it because Haddonfield is like where the ghost lies you know H2O is not set there Um, in a way it will be returning to the kind of folk tale roots Um, and I think you could have done something very interesting along the lines of what Dennis Etchison wanted to do with Halloween 4 where Myers isn't in in it but is in it Mm. I think you know you could have done a story where Laurie returns to Haddonfield having killed Michael Myers Mm. because although she's killed him she still can't lay the ghost in her own head Mm. and she goes back to his house the next Halloween because she's convinced he's going to mm. return somehow and she's yeah. there and essentially she'd, she'd become kind of like the Dr. Loomis character mm. I picture yeah. her in the in the Mac mm. because <laughs> you know you have to have the Mac when you when yeah. go to that the, the Mac mode. that he wore or the kind <laughs> <of> trench coat, <laughs> yeah. Trench coat. yeah the trench coat yeah <laughs> Yeah, that specific one. She she goes and gets it from his. With all the burn yeah. marks and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the stains. This Mac that has survived so many garage explosions, I um, and um, yeah, and I th- and I can imagine that there could be something good there. It could be a good role for Curtis to play. Right. And it could be a suspenseful film because you don't, you wouldn't know where it was going to go. Is he going to return in some form? Is somebody else going to get involved? okay wants to kind of mess with her or something? You know, I think there was potential to do something interesting. However, two things then happened. One they changed the title because they realized that Homecoming didn't make it clear enough that Michael Myers was in the movie and therefore that might harm the box office so it became Resurrection But, but he came home <laughs> That's that's mm. the well, tagline of the yeah. first movie surely I I think the fact that they changed Halloween IV The Return of Michael Myers to Halloween 4 The Return of Michael Myers indicates how intelligent they are right. a lot of their kind of subtlety oh I, I've just said something that's really patronising and snide yeah I did yeah, yeah but
3: that's the that's the that's the <clears throat> producers thinking though. the yeah, No. The that's, audience, that's what that's I mean yeah that's yeah, not I, the I, audience I'm not
0: I don't want to, to insult the actual fans no. but I'm, I think that the, they're, they're the, the way the producers pitch those fuming, fans is yeah. not very complimentary no. to their intelligence mm-hmm. no no um, I mean a lot of the time I, you know I'll I'll say again that I love a lot of these movies and, and these are the producers who made those movies you know, uh, and, and I'm very excited about the new film which is being produced by the same people again essentially um, but I do think that they, they've been guilty of, of erring on the side of underestimating their audience and underestimating the, the appetite um, and the imagination of uh, the kind of horror film fan crowd um, it, and it, I guess it all comes back to. Um, I mean, Mustafa like I had always said that he wanted to try and recreate the first film as much as possible. Whenever they made a new film, we, we go back to the original.
4: Yeah.
0: And, and obviously, that, I think that was because the original is the most successful and that makes sense from a business point of view. Mm. I don't think he necessarily really creatively understood what it was about the original that was so powerful mm-hmm. and, um, and that resulted in that success. So all the subsequent movies kind of half um, half-hearted attempts in different yeah. directions to mm-hmm. recreate different bits of it but I didn't know so I do think there was a possibility to to do something interesting there but they they did, you know they moved away from that they had the reality TV idea and I think mm-hmm. maybe that was spurred on by the fact that you know Curtis made it clear that she was not going to do much in it so they mm. had to move away from the Lower East Road character. Yeah. And I think it's funny how they totally forget about the Josh Hartman character, but I do think it's interesting. I didn't know that Luke at yeah. all, that they were thinking about maybe giving him a movie to carry on that, that story later on. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess... Give I, him the
3: trench coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give he, Josh Hartman the trench coat.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, like, but it's amazing how um, quickly his career went from being... The son in, in Halloween to being, I mean it, it was nine years later I suppose, mm. but he was playing that kind of supposedly grizzled character. I think right he, was the, uh, he
2: was in the faculty. Do you remember that? Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, great faculty. Yeah, uh, that's where, that's the first thing I saw Claire Duvall in. Ah. Oh yeah, and I'm great. A big fan of Claire Duvall. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was uh, I, know, I remember that was around the same. I saw sort that cinema. Of time. Yeah,
0: it was great. Yeah. I, I saw <laughs> faculty. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Again, Claire Duvall um, came from Buffy. She got that role because she was in an early episode of Buffy, I believe. Um, and she's in John Carpenter's Ghost of the Yes, I
2: saw the other night in that and uh, yeah, I enjoyed watching her in that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well I, I'm oh. I'm glad for you. I, I also enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm glad for me as in well in <laughs> two
0: thousand and two when I saw it at the cinema. Um, it's, it's a rubbish film But I love it <laughs> um, and, But it's Carpenter I'll, I'll always love his films No matter how bad or whatever um, So yeah I, I think Does anybody else have anything That they'd like to say About this particular movie? About this particular film Or the
2: whole Are we going to talk about The whole Well I mean An overview of the whole
0: We haven't gone, gone through The whole franchise yet no. Unless you can up to up to number eight is a separate franchise from the Robs. Well, and the,
2: the, the, well it, I just think kind of like looking, watching all these films again for this. I do as a franchise. I think it. Yeah, some of the films aren't very good. Some of the films are very. You know, yeah. But I always think this. They've tried to do something interesting. Even if yeah. it hasn't come yeah. up, they've tried yeah. to do something. They yeah. haven't yeah. just what Friday the Thirteenth did, which was just do the same story and over and over mm. again. More kids go to the summer camp and get killed, whatever. They they by having like little girl in it, Daniel mm. Harris, yeah. and, and that. And, and,
0: and for all its flaws, Dan, uh, Halloween Five does try and develop that, uh, develops yeah. mm. what the previous film gave it. Mm. Uh, you know, and and that's why it's such a strange film in many mm. ways because it doesn't quite know what to do with it, but at mm. least it does. But if this, like, I
2: just think they're trying to do something. That, that's yeah. a, that's why no, I like these films. It's I mean, he's trying to come up with something and trying to be a little bit creative that? I think the best sequel is Halloween 2 because it's the one that's most like Halloween yeah. stylistically and everything and I think kind of the main problem with Halloween Resurrection as with all the others is and I've said before the more you know about Michael Myers the less scary he is in the first film he was this mysterious figure and don't know why he's doing it or what, what is he supernatural or what also I think the problem is once you get to a 4, 5 and 6 whatever, you kind of realise he's unkillable yeah. So yeah. where's the tension in a yeah. film with an unkillable you yeah. can't stop him, so he's just gonna keep on killing like people. Like the human body of Joel yeah. yeah. Nation, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's there's no real suspense because he's always gonna come up again and, and Yeah. You expect so him to sit back up now. Yeah, yeah, like the the that, first you know film, that's gonna happen. You wouldn't
1: him. ever
3: have expected him to sit back up and no. yeah, yeah, and,
0: and that's another thing that H two O has in that it it kind of is aware that you expect him to sit back up so he doesn't even wait. There's loads of bits where yeah. Laurie kills him by smashing a fire extinguisher on his head and he falls yeah. down but then immediately gets up and <laughs> she's running away. And um, that's why people have described it as more like a comedy than anything because of the timing of that kind of stuff. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry to interrupt you. No, no, I mean,
2: like in this film, like uh, um, when there's a big fight at the end and everywhere is on fire and Buster Rhymes and, You know he's... He's not going to be electrocuted. He's not going to be killed because he's Michael Myers. He's a yeah. supernatural being, so he's going to survive. So yeah, there is no tension. But that's true of yeah. all yeah. the sequels. Yeah. A, lot, a, lot of horror, a lot of horror films
3: as well, a lot of franchises. Like, yeah, absolutely. Same with yeah.
2: Jason Voorhees yeah. and, and all of them. Yeah. It's, it's like, and those idiots in Wrong Turn, and they keep getting up again, <laughs> <laughs> much to my <laughs> uh, annoyance. But, so that, that's, I think that's an essential problem with Halloween films is that kind of the problem is, Michael Myers yeah. is a brilliant character. But kind of he's the problem because he has to keep on doing it. In every film, no matter how imaginative the rest of it is, he has to do what the audience expects him to do. Yeah. He has to go around killing people. You have to have that. Mm. And as each film goes on, that becomes more and more familiar. We know what he's going to do even in Halloween Resurrection kind of the deaths are sort of like he crushes somebody's head like he did in another one yeah. you know sort of and there's a kind of sadistic element now to Michael Myers which there wasn't I don't yeah, think in true.
3: the first one yeah, yeah. he sort of really the childhood kind of curiosity yeah. and, in, and in the first film it's like he's playing with them playing tricks on yeah.
2: them sort of almost like observing them seeing how they respond to what he does like, now he's just yeah. like a big hulking monster that crushes people's well, heads well
3: his, be- his behaviour in this when he's not killing people was very strange to me the fact that he hands over his knife after killing lorry to to the guard. well i
0: mean in a way to me i'd be happy to see that as part of his playfulness mm. if that was an element elsewhere in the film yeah, yeah. He, he he does and again in h2o you know there's a kind of a slight playfulness hinted at the fact that he doesn't kill everyone he comes across no. mm. you know that woman who um You you think she's going to be attacked when she's in the um, the public toilet? Yes. And but he just reaches under the door and grabs her handbag so he can steal her keys and things like that. You know, um, he doesn't um, he doesn't attack LL Cool J (laughs) again. No, he doesn't doesn't, at any point. LL Cool J is is, is Buster Buster Rhymes. No, no, sorry. Oh, oh, yeah he's he's, sorry. You know, know, LL Cool J is nearly killed, but he's killed by one of the good characters (laughs) accidentally (laughs) shooting him. Um, You know, and as uh, so I there's think, some social commentary for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think, uh, again, oh. in the commentary on Halloween 2, um, Kim Newman kind of observed that it became um, a kind of staple or a tradition in... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <Pat. laughs> It became like a tradition in early noughties slasher movies that you'd have a character played by a rapper who seems to be killed then comes back and he's okay. <laughs> and LL Cool J did have this role in both H2O and also Deep Blue. So yes. Okay. Yes. That's, that's chefs. Yeah, that's the chef. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so... You Resur- bird. Resurrection kind of does that, but mm. then goes one further, by um, actually Buster Rhymes kind of wins. Start yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I
2: remember Deep Blue Sea, because when, when I went to see it in Liverpool, I was the only person in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, like a Wednesday afternoon. I was, I was at university then, nothing like, to didn't have a lecture that afternoon, so I thought, I'll go and see this, this film. And I was the only person in the cinema watching it, and I thought, they're not going to start it. They're going to say, I'm sorry. It's yeah. not worth it, but... <laughs> They hey, did, They
3: well, I enjoyed it. Hey, the, you paid your money. It's, it's you just a weird experience time, to be yeah. in this. It's
2: like your own private screening in yeah. a huge
3: can. You can make as much noise as you like.
2: <laughs> 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 I'm right. I'll, 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 I'll sit in the pricey seats.
0: <laughs> I think I was in that situation once, and I put my feet up on the, on the chairs in front of me. Yes. But they came and told me not to do that. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> you're the only person in here, but you must observe <laughs> the rules. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Um... <laughs> How about you, Dan? How how does at this point in the in the in our journey? Oh, in in regards to which
3: which one I enjoyed the most, or
0: just how do you feel about the the about the eight films that we've looked at so far? How how do you feel they stand as a franchise? So I
3: I didn't see so I didn't see two. I haven't watched recently two, three, or H2O. Right. I do remember H2O very fondly because I was probably I was probably around the right kind of age, kind of 10, 11, 13, for something like that. So I was kind of like, oh yeah, what's this about? And I do remember it. I do remember it being good. Like mm-hmm. I do remember the performances. I remember all the. Uh, I think Michelle Williams is in there. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, Josh Hartner, I remember I love cool J. Um, so I remember that being. and You know, I enjoyed. I, I couldn't really. I can't remember three very well, but I enjoy. I remember enjoy the second. Enjoying the second one. Um, you know what? Four was very good. Four was very strong for me. I think out of in, in regards to the rest of them, um, I think you know it's a bit more action packed. It was. Um, I think they did try and capture. I think they, that that one was definitely the one, probably apart from H2O, that felt cap- that captured the original mm. as best I you know you can without you know making the same film. Sure. Um, uh, Resurrection was. Is the worst one I've seen easily. <laughs> easily affects. the worst one I've seen, um, and I think I think if I did watch those films again that were that, that I missed, I would still believe that. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think it's a good. I think it's a good franchise. You know, I think there's, there's always you know. There's always a bad apple in a bunch, and Halloween and Resurrection is that <laughs> bad apple. Uh, so, you know, and yeah, at least uh, like Howard, Howard is right, they do try, they do make a, a conceived effort to be a bit different, to challenge themselves, to go different directions. But yeah, he does need to do his thing. Mm. Michael does need to do his thing. Shake needs to do his thing. And yeah, and some of the layers we add, some of the layers that are added to his character, you know, the familial relations, um, things like that, you know his mission um, can take away from that sometimes in some regards can add something interesting something different you know Um, but on the whole I I enjoy I enjoy the franchise and but obviously the original is the best always will be no matter what we however we look at any of these other ones you just have to go back to the original and enjoy that for what it is Um, but I think some of these films are valiant efforts like they've, people have tried really hard. They've done that. Like nobody goes out to make a bad film, you know. No. So every, so they've all tried their best, and with their the restrictions from producers. Maybe I think you might be right, Dan, where where you know mustafa Akad doesn't doesn't know creatively how to. Recreate that film, but he he says right. He has a white mask. He has a knife. He stabs. Yeah, yeah. you know that's it. I mean, yeah.
0: it's not his genre. You no, know? he he didn't create the original film. He just funded it. It was Owen mm. Yablans and John Carpenter. Yeah, and they've gone. You know, yeah. they've Ooh. left him on his own. I,
3: I like you. I think you said he
0: used to do uh, epics, and yeah, things like that of kind, of, kind of, of religious epics. Yeah. Things, I think. Yeah, I I, I I have to admit, I've never seen any of his other productions. No. But he's clearly
3: gone, this is a cash cow. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's milk that cash cow. You know? Yeah. Grab the teeth. I that's and, an age of Hollywood.
2: That's an age of sequels. Yeah, sequels yeah. are just giving people more of the same thing. And yeah. you know, they are limited but, in what But they,
3: clearly you know. but clearly the Halloween audience want that. We yeah. want that. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's we obviously the, want yeah. it to be different and that's the problem with sequels, reboots and remakes is that we want the same thing, mm.
0: only different. Yes, and that's yeah. I think that's, that's the that's the essential problem. Yeah, exactly. Generally, yeah. it's I mean, either two it's the
3: same or it's too different, yeah. and we don't like it.
0: That's why I think sequels are my favourite mode in, of movies, and it, because I think that that central problem is fascinating. How do you make it the same and yet different enough to yeah. be yeah. worthwhile? Yeah, but too many I mean,
2: of the times <laughs> the film isn't yeah. doesn't solve that problem, and ends oh, yeah. up being no. crap. Um, oh yeah. I yeah. mean,
0: there's, there's
3: you know we can count. Mm thousands of poor sequels to to films I'm sure and you know but there are very there's a, quite a good selection of very yeah. very good sequels nothing, even superior sequels nothing yes.
0: makes me happier than a good sequel yeah. well, I'll be honest about that you know Aliens uh, perfect the two Empire yeah.
2: Strikes Back Steps on Sunride again there is <laughs> I'm not joking about that
0: <laughs> I really <laughs> love <looked at those. laughs> Not Sweeney too, though. No, Scream Two is a really good example of a sequel, mm. I think, yeah. in this genre that, yeah. that is exactly enough, uh, sufficiently like the original, but but brings enough changes and progresses everything as well. Uh, I
3: think. I, I, so yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And but yeah, I think on a whole, it's a good it's a good franchise. Um, I think there's worse horror franchises out there with worse sequels, with worse ideas for sequels, um, you know, worse acting. And I, there's, I think there's a there's a, there's a stylishness to the Hallow- Halloween and the character of Michael Myers that is not you know reminiscent in a Jason Voorhees or a Freddy yeah. Krueger there's not a, there's a restraint yeah, to yeah. Michael Myers and his character and the way he does his thing and that may have changed during the the intervening years of the sequels it may have got more brutal mm. you no know, more more like stronger and more kind of backstory and what have you um, but I still he's still a very the original film still very stylish very well made you know well directed mm. uh, well the music is amazing as well so so yeah and I think there is he's kind of the classy of the slashers he's the classier of mm, class, yes. the slasher classy characters slasher. yeah like he's the he's the kind of you know he's the the John Lewis version <laughs> of a slasher <laughs> villain you know he's the he's the, the the upper market kind of you know the you know that kind of thing, and I and you know Jason Voorhees and Freddy are you know sli- are going slightly down. You know, got your Chuckies and your Leprechauns and all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they go further and further down, but he's yeah. like well, the he's Leprechaun go certainly go further. Down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's at the he's directly at the bottom. <laughs> size
2: no, I think uh, Halloween is the only kind of slasher film that you could seriously put in any book of great films. Yeah, that, you know, it's like in like a like way, it's kind, of, kind of an art house. Yeah, yeah. Little bit. it is. It's, it's, it's an, it's an a art a
3: house film, like you know the. It, it was made cheap, but it's it's made with such talent and with such precision and style that you know you could you've and again we like we've talked about it it's it's the weighting of that yeah. film it's the it's the quote unquote boringness of the film yeah. is its strength and I think in those intervening sequels as well we don't have that anymore no. because people are like go to the murders yeah. well, where's that's, the bloodletting yeah, you, know, that's you know you know
0: I, th- I think you're right there Dan actually that, that's a really good point the stylishness of the franchise because things like the music it, it, it re- kind of recurs throughout every film and although we've talked about how effective it is or isn't in the different sequels mm. that, that those basic minimalist theme, themic kind of pieces of music are, are really distinctive and very few other franchises can claim um, an identifier as strong as that yeah. like I mean you know Obviously most lots of movies have their theme tunes mm. and like another great 70s starting horror franchise that I think has a terrific theme tune is phantasm but there aren't that you know so there are one or two others but but really um, the music the mm. use of music in the halloween franchise can't really stand there could you could mm-hmm. you could you you know hum a friday the 13th well the, the, i
1: guess
3: that one is original that's quite, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's, that's, the that's the quite benefits. that's just yeah, that's just like, <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, apart from that, can yeah. you remember that theme? No, no. 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 Apart from that opening <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Fred does Freddie have a such an iconic theme? No, no. no. no so I think that I, I, it goes to show that it is the like Michael is the art house
1: slasher, yeah. if if you will. Yeah. Well, it's uh, like the proper film slasher. Yeah, it is it's like the, it's, the kind of it's the film critics yeah. slasher. Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> the the it, it, it really yeah. Meant that whole genre as well because if, remember, remember, like the whole slasher thing was it was very cheap. It was very mm-hmm. very cheap, you know, it could be made by anywhere but with Carpenter. He brings that certain style, he brings a figure, he's got, it's your basic story, you have the heroine, you have the monster, you have the wise man and it all all just balances out and he finds a way to bring new life into it. And even though, yes, some of the sequels may be hit and miss, um, as I said, they do explore new fields, they'll try new things, each director brings a key element, either directorially or how each character is introduced. But, like you said, Michael Myers is the embodiment of an iconic slasher. You know, he's, you know, he's big, he wears a mask, he's got knives, he seems unstoppable. And, and, you know, before they started revealing his whole backstory, like you said, Howard, you know, there's something, it's the mystery of this figure just walking, just standing in the street corner looking at you and you have no idea. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised, like, even now, like, the new Halloween coming out, it's it looks amazing and it is the Michael Myers. I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, in next 20 years, 30 years, there's going to be another Halloween series that might explore a different feel, whether it's the cult of Michael mm. or if it's something like, I don't know, witchcraft or they try again with the anthology that they try to do with um, Sears of mm. the Witch. But it's it's that's the thing, Michael has just become this I kind of think and like I said, even though we have like Freddie mm. and we have Jason and we have Chucky, mm. you know, they all went their different routes, they all have the different styles, but it was Michael who who does maintain that mystery, you know, and it's it's what makes mm. a great villain the mystery of who is this person, why are they doing it? And you know, even in the opening of the of John Carpenter's original mm. You know, you're shocked to find out that it's a little boy and where, you know, it's a a middle-class family and he just killed because he could. Mm -hmm. And for 30 years he was locked up and it still maintains that history today.
4: Oh,
0: really? Uh, I was just about to ask you, Luke, what what your kind of impression of the overall franchise was. uh, Well,
1: apart from the fact that I think people can tell that I'm not very happy with Resurrection. (laughs) And (laughs) and I I, know in the last one I said Halloween H2O, is my personal favourite because it was my introduction to the mystery of Michael Myers and then it took me on a journey going back and even though I haven't seen Halloween 4, 5 and most of 6, mm. I think with, my, with the Michael Myers, you know, even, you know, Carpenter went out to create this being, you know, this great horror character and like Dan said, it's an art house horror film. and. Yeah, it's got everything you want in a horror film. It has that slow burn. It has that thing coming, and the music. You know, it's it's Jaws for slasher films, basically. It does remind me of Jaws.
3: Well, it's yeah, okay, a bit. It's different thing. But it's I know like, we, were no. so, we
1: were just talking about the iconic
3: themes. That was the only, other one yeah. I thought of. Yeah. The only two like really iconic horror themes that could come to anybody's mind once you hear that. And you
0: you couldn't make a Jaws film without that music. Exactly. No. Exactly. Um, and same with Halloween, really. Until they
1: reboot Jaws mm. in the future. Well, even <laughs> the, like, we, we were just CGI, mentioning CGI. Deep Blue Sea,
0: and I, d- I do remember watching that film and just thinking it was weird to see from <laughs> things going around and stuff and not hearing the dirt. And yeah, and the dirt I and watched right. I watched
3: The Meg, not so. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, uh, there's quite a lot of Jaws references in that, and it is silly. It's mm. a very silly film, but it, it was it's one of these films that is basically made for a Chinese audience because oh. because they have the biggest you know population wise China's huge so now they're actually having like Pacific Rim Mm 2 the only reason that happened was because everybody in China was like, "We want a sequel to that." They're like, yeah. "No problem. You're going to see it. Great." You yeah, know, it was huge very popular over. over here. No, it? exactly, and and because they don't have a big Star Wars isn't big, very big over in China and things like that. So they were like, "Well, we've just we have our own history of that kind of stuff, mm. and we have our own kind of things that interests more than Star Wars, mm. you know." So, so yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was <laughs> it's basically j- kind of Jason Statham punching a shark. Um, <laughs> well, that sounds
0: like an incredible fun, yeah. but I heard yeah. the movie wasn't. As fun as that sounds, um, it's all
1: right. It's it is it, it's, it's, it <laughs> like very 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 cliched. You know what
3: you're seeing. It's a it's a B movie. You're you you're, you're going to be watching a B movie. You know, and it won't be very
2: good. Um, <laughs> what did yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was like it, it, was,
3: it was it was my family. We were in. The, it was a family thing, and we were just like we're just going to put a film. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like. This is all right. This will do, you know. I I did watch, actually, I would watched another giant monster movie or kaiju movie, if you will. Uh, It's Rampage. I've seen Rampage. It's great. I loved it. It was so much
0: fun. (laughs) Um, I think it was um, possibly Robbie Collin on on Radio 1 who said this is the kind of movie that could only have been made by a director called Brad. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yo. It's brilliant. It's It's brilliant no it's, it's good fun I, I paid to see it. no I didn't pay to see it. I was on a, a, like a free trial of the um, Odeon Limitless thing yeah, yeah. and I immediately revoked my membership <laughs> having seen two films for free hmm. um, that, that was my long term plan uh, but no uh, look what, what can possibly be wrong with a movie in which Dwayne Johnson plays a brilliant primatologist? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's my recommendation. Um,
3: uh, a film about genetic editing. <laughs> Buster Rhymes was busy there.
2: <laughs> Shook a tree, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: basically, that's it. Um, so, yeah, uh, just to put my two benefit in on mm. the franchise... Um, I I do feel, from what you've said, Howard, that um, I kind of suddenly realised, at least you can see with this franchise, eight movies we're in now, and you can see that they have tried multiple different ways to try and sequelise Halloween. They've tried finally finishing it, which is Halloween 2, let's just do the next thing and and push it as far as we can and end it. Then they've tried bringing it back and pushing it in another long-running direction with 4, 5 and 6, then that didn't really work out so they've gone back to Halloween 2 and and unfinished it and then finished it and then they've added on to that from from Resurrection Um, and yeah, there is a lot of creativity in it Um, I mean, I've like I said, it's my fault in a way because of the way I watched the the movies the first three I watched 1, 2 and H2O and then Halloween 3 I feel like I'd kind of got all the most interesting movies out of the way then 4 was alright um, 5 and 6 and Resurrection that, uh, are kind of increasingly painful um, but still do have kind of interesting things in and I am glad that I did that deep dive on 6 especially to yeah. kind of see where they, were trying to, where they were coming from what they were trying to do with that one mm-hmm. um, and I think I will always be kind of fond of the memory of having watched 6 <laughs> I will never watch it again um, and you don't need to <laughs> no um and uh, yeah, it's
3: so It sounds like the way you describe me Sounds like you've experienced some form of abuse <laughs> 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 I will uh, never watch it again
1: <laughs> Never again I am strong, I'm not a victim <laughs> <laughs> but, it, um, just, it just came twice With different outcomes <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't know.
3: Uh, And I read no. the script Why did I read the script?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then they closed the doors Of Smith Grove Sanatorium And never let me out again <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, they, uh, at Grimfest they were selling um, T-shirts that said Haddonfield, Illinois, uh, psychiatric unit on them. Mm-hmm. And I was tempted to buy them, but then I thought, no, it's Smiths Grove. Ooh. He was never—he was never actually incarcerated within Haddonfield. Haddonfield. He always he had to he travel had there. He was a- um, right, that, that seems like a fan. Boundaries. That seems
3: like a fan-made T-shirt. That's made. <laughs> uh, made a huge uh, mistake. Yeah. Yes,
0: but it looked nice. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I thought about um, H2O following our discussion was, um, I don't know if you're aware, but reviews have started to come in for the new film. Oh, um, Yes. And I've st- I've kind of skim read some of them. I don't really want it to spoil things for me, but I'm getting the impression that. Um, the 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 broad theme seems to be it's basically like halloween h2o again but uh, you know it undoes h2o so it's but it's just the same film in in many ways right um and but and you know i i don't mind if it's just that but it's done well i don't mind because even though i love h2o what i suddenly realized is h2o kind of acts a bit like it's a sequel to the original Mm. but it's not because if you watch Halloween nineteen seventy eight and then watched H 20 without Halloween two in the in between. They don't make sense in the yeah, stories. Yeah. Um, but it is to H H2O's credit that, that like you did, that you can watch it on its own and it makes total sense. But it's just but you but in terms of like a the franchise timeline, yeah. you need Halloween two to, to fill in that logic gap. Mm. Um, so if they've now done a new movie where you just don't need Halloween Two, but it otherwise does the same job. I mm. think that could be interesting. Apparently, uh, you know, generally courtesy Curtis is great again. I'm yeah. looking forward to see. I think I
3: read the I read the IGN it. review, but I've not right. read any other reviews.
0: Yeah, I've just like I say, I've just kind of glanced at a few because I, I don't really want to do many details. And, no, no. and I'm cautiously optimistic about it. And it obviously, unlike every other sequel, including Halloween Two, if you consider that although Carpenter is credited with the music it's actually Alan and I doing it this movie actually has music by Carpenter he's actually doing and it and, 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 and people seem to be unanimous in praise for that so I'm looking forward to that um, but mentioning that um, you know you, the weird kind of um, plot progression from Halloween to Halloween 2 to Halloween H2O because it's only in Halloween 2 that you get the plot element introduced that Michael and Laurie are siblings and that makes the kind of flow from movie to movie a bit awkward Mm. someone who obviously thought to themselves wouldn't it have been much simpler and easier if Halloween 1 had stated that Laurie and Michael were related straight away somebody who obviously had that thought is Mr Rob Zombie and and that is a movie that we're going to come to in the next (laughs) episode of this podcast and there's plenty I can't wait (laughs) (laughs) Grunge, Michael. Oh, gee, that's what it is. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, folks. Um, I've been uh, your co-host, Dan. Uh, and I've been your co-host, Howie. And we've been very grateful to be joined by our guests, Dan,
4: the
3: other Dan,
0: and Luke. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, folks. It's been great fun. Um, more fun than watching the movie. And, um, <laughs> exactly right. We'll we'll be back here sooner than you think. To quote. Grown-up Tommy Doyle. Hmm. See you next time for Halloween 2007. Bye.
4: You have been listening to And Now the Podcast Starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by Howard Whittock and T.D. Velazquez. With special guests Spider-Dan and Luke Richards. <laughs> Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows, and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web, www.andnowpodcast.com. More content and contact details, or visit our Facebook pages at And Now Pod or at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at And Now Podcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patron.com forward slash And Now Podcast. And now The podcast stops.